God in heaven, we thank you. Father, we bless your name. We worship you for this morning. Ancient of days, we thank you because it has pleased you to gather your children once again. Father, O oh Lord, to dine and wine at thy feet. Lord, we say that may all glory, honor, and worship be unto thee alone in the name of Jesus. Father, O oh Lord, as we are about to start and kick off our activities for today, Father, we ask that you come and take your place in the name of Jesus Christ. We enthrone you in our midst. Father, we say, come and reign in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, O oh Lord, everything we'll be discussing in this meeting, O oh Lord, Father, O oh Lord, cause it to impact lives in the mighty name of Jesus. That at the end of it all, your name and your name alone will continue to be magnified. For in Jesus' name, our prayers are answered. Hallelujah. So, last week, we looked at a scriptural definition of new birth. Is it not true? Some unscriptural definition. That, that means things that we think are new birth, but they are not. Can we remember? Can we remember? So, who was here then that can give me a thing or two that we discussed? Unscriptural definition of new birth. Tell me. One, why are you not here that day? Yes. So tell me, give me one, give me one. One unscriptural definition of new birth. Yes. We, we have discussed what is new birth. That is being born again. Then last week, I took it further. I gave us some instances, some things that people think is actually new birth. But scripture does not support such claims. Not even one person. Okay? Reading the Bible. Yes, we, we said as someone that has the Bible, having the Bible does not make you a Christian. We said it last week. Yes, that's good. Clap for her. Is that how to clap? Hey. Uh-huh. Please clap for her. Clap. Let the clap have life now. Watch me. Being born in Christian homes, yes. We see that being born in Christian home is not um, a standard for judging or determining that one is a Christian. One more. Yes, in fact, being baptized in infanthood is also not a scriptural definition of new birth. Today we'll continue with that topic and we'll be looking at the importance of new birth. The importance. I will be speaking on this for like 20 to 30 minutes so we can go back to our usual series. Importance of new birth. Now, the first importance of new birth is that what it changes our focus. It changes our what? Focus. Our dressings and our affection. Our focus as someone that is in the world, someone that is under the influence of Satan, someone that is um, living focus, dressing and affection. Such people, but I said earlier, someone that is secular minded, they have their focus, they have their ambition. You know, perhaps they want to make money, they want to gain influence, they want to command attention, and so many, that is what, that is their focus. But once you give your life to Christ, that focus changes. What will now become your new focus? To enter the kingdom of heaven. 
this morning during the prayers for the workers, the man of God was talking about entering the kingdom of heaven, you know, taking and attending to your taking care of and attend attending to your own vineyard. So once you are born again, your focus, your ambition in life changes from living for yourself to living for God. Do you understand? And it also affects your outward appearance. The way you now begin to present yourself, your, your, your dress, your dress, your dressing. Do you understand? The way you speak, the way you address people, the way you walk, everything about you changes. There must be something new about you. Do you understand? And then your affections, your feelings. So before you give your life to Christ, you are someone that you are all, your mind was always consumed. Your mind was always consumed with what, with um, feelings, with affection for mundane things of this world. Do you understand? You are always looking out for the nicest clothes, the most expensive cars, the most recent jewelry. But now that you have given your life to Christ, your, your affection now moves from those tangible things you can see to the world, to the to inward beauty. Is that understood? Is that understood? So, giving your life to Christ, new birth changes you completely. If you say you are giving your life to Christ and there is nothing new about you, then you are not born again. Number two, your needs are abundantly supplied. Your needs, N-E-E-D-S. Once you give your life to Christ, your needs, God is not interested in satisfying your wants. You understand? God is not interested in satisfying your wants. What did I say? God is not what interested in satisfying your wants. What God is interested in is your what is your needs. So you might want a car, but God will look at you and say, My daughter, this is not the time for you to drive a car. Wait. Is that understood? You might want um, a house of your own you might want a business of your own you might want so many things and god is telling you wait still be in the process of what being groomed still step under someone still work with people do you understand see being that rented apartment for now i will open the doors when it is right do you understand so god knows what you need in fact god knows you more than you know yourself and he loves you more than you can ever love yourself so whatever is best not just what is right whatever is best for you is what is out to give you at every point so once you once you give your life to christ your needs are met but no i said not your wants so there are so many christians that people that confess christ but they are still living a life of anxiety they are still weary because of what they have not yet separated their wants from their needs there are so many things i want which I am not seeing. Do you understand? Which I don't even see any means of, you know, accomplishing. But those things that I know are essential to my life, those things that I need, God always makes a way. That is certain. He always makes a way. Even if, for now, we might not look as if it is there, but in the process, before long, we see it manifest. God answers to our what to our needs. So, and He doesn't provide your needs just to prove for sake. 
He provides it to us abundantly so that you don't just become a, a blessing, but you're, you're not just blessed, rather, but, but rather you're also a blessing to other people. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So, anytime you, um, you, you, you are in need of something, you feel you are in need of something, and things are not coming forth, ask yourself this question. Is this thing actually a need or a want? If you can be honest with yourself to know that it is a need, then be sure that God is out to us to provide it in abundance. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 19. Quickly, the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 19, is a scripture that supports what I just said now. Are you there? For my person supply all your needs. According to in glory So it shall supply what? All your words? Mind. All. You don't say some. You don't say one. You say all. So if you need a house, God will supply it. Sure. If you need a car, God will supply it. If you need a private jet, He will supply. If you need landed property, if you need education, if you need connection, anything you need. <laughs> Mind this, all your needs going to supply. Don't say all your wants or all your desires or all your ambition. You say all your needs. So those vital things that are consistent with your destination in life, God will provide them all. But it is only for those that are what born again. So you can see, if you are you have not given your life to Christ, you are what that is why people struggle. That is why they are missing out because they have not given and surrendered their life. To Christ Jesus. And another thing that God is going to supply you is what? Health. What we are talking about, need, need is not only material things. When I say this, I'm looking at, at um, material things alone. Good health is a need. Is it not true? Because if you are not healthy, you cannot do anything. You cannot evangelize. You cannot pray. You cannot witness. You cannot, there is nothing you can do for yourself or for the kingdom if you are sick. So sickness is actually not of God. So when you are a new, a, a, a born again child of God. One of the essential things that God is going to ensure that you have is what divine health. Is that understood? Is divine health. So we have mentioned two things. We said that new birth changes your focus, your dressings, and your affection. And we said that your needs are abundantly supplied when you are born again. Number three. New birth helps us to understand the enemy of our faith. New birth helps us to understand the enemy of our faith. I tell people, some people they would say that they are Christian, that devil does not exist for them, that the devil is just a farce. Well, I laugh at their ignorance. And that is the devil, because devil is what does not want information about it to be shared. Devil wants you to be at loss at his presence. So he will he will want you to say he's not existing so that he can be he can still can keep perpetrating his evil scheme without being what called out. But when you are born again in child, in, when you are born again in, in child of God, one thing that God is going to do is he's going to be opening your eyes to the secret, you know, antics of the enemy. When you are a child of God, one thing that is very going to happen is that you begin to have you know, divine insight into the moves of the enemy. It is the truth. Because of once you declare yourself as a child of God, what happens? You are declaring war. That moment you give your life to Christ, you have declared war against the kingdom of darkness. 
So they will not have rest until they see you fail, until they see you tired, and until they see you give up. That's what that salvation. So, but because of Christ loves you, he will not want you to be lost. That was a prayer that Jesus Christ prayed after his healthy ministry. He was telling his father that all that he gave him, he kept. That none was lost except the son of perdition. And that was even for the scripture to be fulfilled. Who was that son of perdition? Judas is carried. So Christ is so, so protective of his own. Once you declare your allegiance to him, he will do everything possible to see that he protects you from destruction. Even if it means opening your eyes to the world, to secret agreements of the enemy. So it is when you are in Christ, you can have a true knowledge of what the devil actually looks like. Because out there, the world, they can paint him, they can give you a false impression of what the devil is. Things that you will be doing and you will be dancing to the tunes of the devil, the world will glorify it and make it look sweet and interesting. They will call it fun, entertainment, and they will give it very flashy names. But it is when you come into the kingdom of God that you will that those things will be called out for what they are. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Do you understand? I gave an example the other time I was teaching. I told us that the devil will always package the word. He will make it like look like a very good gift, very pleasant, very big. And because you are gullible, you don't have God to the spirit of God to be able to discern. To discern, as a gift of the Holy Spirit called discernment of spirit, whereby you are able to see into the supernatural, you have to see the spiritual realm to know anything that is happening, the spirit behind it, whether it's the spirit of God or demons. So, because there is no Holy Spirit, you know, to help you discern, you will just see those things and you will take them for their face value. You just see um, the world just in his glory, just as he showed it to Jesus. You know, he showed it the whole world in his glory, his splendor, and his beauty. And then you buy it. Then when you open this present gift, you see that inside it is what emptiness. That is why Solomon, who has seen it all at the end, he said it is all vanity upon vanity. But when you have God in you, you will not, it's not, you will not even patronizing it at all, let alone opening it and see that you have been deceived because God will always put you ahead. There was the day I was teaching. I told those people that when I was in it was a conference, I was invited for a speaking engagement. I was telling them then that I take time with the help of the Holy Spirit to study the kingdom of darkness. Because when you mention Satan, they'll be like, what kind of person are you? I beg, it's just Jesus. It's not true. You need to know. The Bible says that you should not be not of the wise of the enemy. I told you that the more you know about the devil, do you understand? The more serious you begin to take your God. Because at the level of revelation you will have about Satan, do you understand? You will not joke with your Christian life. You know that if you make any mistake, you are giving him a chance. And that once he has a chance, that what he's going to do, in fact, you will be more miserable. Do you understand? So you, because of that knowledge, you will guard your salvation. Bible says we should walk, you should walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. If you just have um, a knowledge of how nice or how sweet and how lovely God is, and you have not been exposed to the tranquil wickedness of Satan, you will take your Christian life very light. You just be like, it's very easy. My father is a good God. My father, that's why you see some Christian. They just, they just come to church. church. Everything is just fun to them. Praise the God, Lord. Hallelujah. They will come to church. They are speaking diction. They want to pray. They are speaking diction. They are forming in the place of prayer. Eh? Can we begin to worship that God? How did you say? Is he that guy up, up there? How we, I don't know what they say. I'm just looking at this one. This one, they're not, they're not even serious. 
The way it is doing me, we'll, this shall we wait. I can speak. This shall we wait one side. I will pray very well because I know what I'm dealing with. Because if you take the devil, you know, light, you will just, you will, you will fall straight to him. So it is only the Spirit of God that can tell you the truth, that can open your eyes to the truth, so that you will not live in what suspicion, whereby you see this one, ah, maybe she's the one doing me. You see that one, you just know. But with the Spirit of God in you, when you identify those that are truly agents of darkness, you can be able to spot them, and you what, you guard yourself. So that is a very important reason why you must give your life to Christ. Let's open our book, Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, and see what the Word of God said there about our arch nemesis. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Please, everyone should be opening their Bible. Everyone. I have noticed there's only one and two, two like two that read Bible in this class. Others are just. Mm. So please, be sober. Be vigilant. Wait, before. To be sober means what? When they say, when, when you are being, you are told to be sober, what does it mean? Eh? Be what? Sober. Yes. Be calm, okay? Eh? Be sad. Be sad. Okay, another person. Five verse eight. Well, you but you could try it. But actually, to be sober means to be serious. Someone is sober is serious. So your manifestation of seriousness is now different. So some people they are serious, yeah. You see that they'll be calm, they'll be they'll be, be paying attention. Do you understand? So they will look sanguine. They will just have this kind of facial expression, like, do you understand? So, a, a, a time, a, a time to be serious is a time to be. It's not to be sober. It's not a time to be take anything for like take things from them, treat some things with levity. Do you understand? It's a time for you to know what's up. So the Bible is telling you that when, when it comes to the kingdom of darkness, you should be serious. It's not a time for you to just wish everything off and say. They do not exist. They exist. So continue. Be sober. Uh-huh. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. No, they say, be vigilant. Be watchful. You should be security conscious. The way that when you want to sleep, you lock everywhere. Lock your windows. Lock your door. The same way, when it comes to the issue that has to do with Satan, you understand? You should be vigilant. You are, I used to tell us, we are young girls. We are moving on the street. One guy now telling you, you are beautiful. You are so from your house, you know you are beautiful. From your house, you wake up, you took your bath, dress, finish, look at us in your mirror. You do not you do not know that you are beautiful. You're now waiting for one imaginary guy to come and tell you you are beautiful before you can now um, watch yourself. So you you your your self-worth is based on what other people say about you. And they tell you you are beautiful. You do know that they are also that they are looking at you too young, you are foolishly smiling and you are making yourself comfortable for them. That is their part work. But I said immediately they come, you should be vigilant to know that art. Perhaps the devil is even pushing. The person might even be a brain in the church. It can even be someone that even trusts. But the devil can use anybody against anybody. If the devil can enter Peter to use him against Jesus, what are we not saying? The devil entered Peter. That Jesus had to even tell him that what you have to what to rebuke him and say that you are an offense to me. So that time it was not Peter that like God. Jesus was addressing the spirit behind that utterance. That came from the mouth of Peter. So the same way you should be free, you should not be careless to just accept everything people do. When people are talking to you, 
or they are as replying what you say, be sensitive in the spirit to know that this is not of God. So God is saying us that this morning should be sober, you should be serious minded, and you should be what vigilant, security conscious, continue. Because adversary said, he said, you're, that means you said, you're adversary. So he's the one that is an enemy to your journey with God, your path to the kingdom of heaven. The only thing that can stand against it is what Satan, his agents, and the world. Continue. As a royal lion, mm-hmm. forget about seeking whom he may devour. Seeking who he may what devour. So something has been devoured, but that's he exists. If I serve you a plate of ebba, this means that you devour it. What will happen? That has vanished. So, devil can actually put an instinct to a purpose, to a life. So, if you are not serious, if you are not sober, if you are not vigilant, do you understand? Then you are a prime candidate for what devil to be devoured. And Jesus Christ said it, that the thief comes to what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. So it is only your being born again, your right standing with God that can actually protect you from all these things. I do tell people, I tell you, if you want to try David and Goliath in our generation, and there is no spirit of God in you, before you pick that stone, you have died. Forget this. Let's not overglorify things. See, David could stand Goliath because the spirit of God was. It was not David that was fighting Goliath. It was the spirit of God. If you read that story very well, see that before he even threw the stone, there was a verbal confrontation. There was entry of words. So even in the time that David was saying that he is coming to him through the name of God. So even before, um, even before the physical, um, the physical battle, there was a spiritual battle. You know, where there was what the exchange war, and because of what was inside David, that was why he was able to because he prevailed. In the spiritual realm, God was able to prevail in the physical. How can you explain that just a little stone will kill a mighty warrior like that? So it was God that was with him. So if you think that if you if you think you know you can you will be independent of God, and then you want to want to be motivated by David before you pick a stone, you are dying fast, and the person will die and you and turn to shreds. So I know that from the very young age. That's why I don't play with my Christian life. I don't play my relationship with God. Very, very important to me. You can take everything away from me. Job, position. I don't drag things with people. My life is very, very simple. If this is going to cause confusion from cause problem, you can do it better. Oh, yeah, I'll do it for you. As far as I know that my relationship with God is important, if one door closes, I will open. It's just that that is my own principle of life. But once your relationship with God closes, what wants to open again? Then you want to open destruction. Devil, devil open his own door for you. So, and if you know that you are not ready to accept whatever comes from him, then you need to what, do what scripture have demanded of you, which is to be what to be sober and vigilant. So we need to be careful. We need to be what to be submissive to God in order for us to what to be protected from the what the antics of the enemy. Christ has what redeemed us from so many things, from sicknesses, from affliction, from poverty. All these things that Christ has done for us. The devil still wants us to be suffering. Those things that Christ has come and died so that we can be enjoying. Devil is still very wicked. He cannot say that ah, I've tried and tried and I've failed. Let me just leave this people alone. He still wants us to be subjected to that same pain and affliction. That is why as a child of God, you need to enforce. 
You need to enforce standing on the authority of what Christ has accomplished, and you decree and declare that my life will be different. That I cannot. It is an error for me to live my life based on the script that the devil has written for me. Do you understand? And you can only say these things when you are under the what the covering of the Lord. If you don't have the covering of God over your life, there are some utterances you will make, even in the place of prayer, you will receive slap. Yes. Have you wondered? Do you, do you think that sometimes the ministers they not tell everybody, and they, you'll come and lead us in prayer? Is it because you have people that can pray? People that can pray, even those ministers, people that if you come and come and pray, they pray, land will shake. But why is it that they not? Because the, the Spirit of God has, the Holy Spirit has not yet said, yeah, appoint this person to do this thing. Because of what that's something you come out to do, because you can speak English or because you know some verse in the Bible, you don't receive slap. Physical slap, so not even spiritual slap. You receive it because they ask you, how dare you speak this thing? There was a man of God that I was under his ministration. He said that he came to the place, he was ministering. So he is still growing in the prophetic. So now he, no, he doesn't have experience. And God opened his eyes. He saw a, a cobra, a red cobra. He now spoke. You know that if you, as you are growing, there's some things, not everything you see, you talk. You know, there's some things that God will show you. It's just for you, it's not for you to speak out. So the guy just careless, just said it on the microphone, no, red cobra, like just say, wait, address it. Immediately underground, about seven women, they just tore their clothes and ran towards the altar. Is even at the auction, they were vigilant, they they, they they were going to come and to send to pieces that why would he, you know, call call them out? So it is that serious. So there's some things that if you are not, if you have not been what being Groom, they are, not, they are not being soaked in the blood of Jesus Christ. You cannot do. That is why you should want take this thing serious. Some places in your life you, that the obstacles standing on your way are not things that your wisdom and your intellect and your education can handle. There are things that the Spirit of God needs to do for you, and He needs to be sure that you are His own. That is why you need to want to give your allegiance to Him completely. Do you understand that? So that is the third point. It helps us to understand the enemy of our faith. Then, number four, it helps us in the growth, growing in, it helps us to grow in the Word of God. When you are born, again, you can grow. Before I gave my life to Christ, I used to sit down, I would start and read Genesis, Exodus, read by just reading the Bible, like book. A day I would sit down, I read five chapters, tomorrow I'll continue. Some people have read the Bible for Genesis Revelation. Like many times, but there is no the word of God is not alive in that spirit. There is something about the Bible talk about what the, 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 the word, the letter killer, but the spirit that gives it life. That is what they call the logos, the written word, and that the spiritual part of it is the spirit, the spirit that gives life. So, someone might not really know so many verses of the Bible, but that few he know because they are alive in his spirit, he can use that to pray. To declare things to minister and the power of God will move because of what is not just by knowing the word, the quotation, but because of what the spirit, do you understand, is there. The person has so much meditated on the word of God that it is now it has become part of the person. So it takes the spirit of God. Bible and um, John will say that when he is gone, he will send the Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit will, work, will teach us all things. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, who will teach you? You will just read it for reading sake. Just be excited. Just go for um, Bible quiz. They will call you out. All those children, they will call you out and say, recite Psalm 101, 
Psalm 119, they will recite all everything. They will tell them recite express of they will recite it. That one is just normal. It's just normal thing. Anybody that gives his time to it can do it. But when let's say they now have one challenge in their life now, you now ask them that you, you see that they'll be panicking. You now be wondering all these Bible verses, so you don't even see one that you can use. There are some things that I will be worried. My mind, in my, in my spirit, the um, do not be anxious for anything. No, we come up, and it's not just come. If you come up, it means that it's coming. It's giving me peace. Do you understand? Some things we are praying, and, and the word that will come is that be still, and know I am God, and it will come. That, you see that that tempest in my mind. It just immediately to suppress. And as I stay calm, the thing that God wants to bring out of that situation will will manifest itself. So it's not about how many verses of the Bible you are able to you know to memorize. It's about what the, the quality of time you spend in the Word of God meditatively. There is a difference between memorization and what meditation. It's two different things. I there was a, there, there, in Montessori teaching they will tell you that students learn by experience. So you what you should be more demonstrative. You should demonstrate, allow them to want to explain the teaching, not memorizing, you know things. So, when growing the world causes us to be established in power, faith, and authority, the word of God is our source of spiritual nourishment, and only when regenerated do we realize this. So, a carnal man does not realize the word, the nourishing value of the word of God. When they see with your Bible, they say, "See, you say you're wasting your time. That the time you should sit and do business and other things. That you're wasting your time coming to church." But for you that is regenerated, that has been born and you know what you are gaining. Let's look at First Peter two verse two. First Peter two verse two. Please be fast. Be fast. Mhm. Mhm. Of the world, that he may grow So you see. The sincere milk of the word, sincere milk of the of the word, that you may grow. So it is what when you, it's when you come to Christ that you can be able to grow in the word. So you can see some people that have been in the church for so many years, but there is no fruit in their life. There is nothing. The word of God is not what. There is no growth. They are still where they are because of what the spirit of God have not come in. They have not actually. They are still praying religion. But once you have the spirit of God, that you are giving your life to Christ. You see that your growth. You you will see some people they can come into a church. Few months time, they are doing exploits because of what there, there is growth. Growth can only come by the word of God. Nothing else. Any other any other thing that your growth is coming from, then you see that no, because of what he said. It was, he Jesus said that God satisfied them by your word. Your word is truth, and he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Who is the way to life? Jesus. Who in First John chapter one, the Bible told us that in the beginning he was the Word, and that he was that Word that was made flesh. So the Word of God is Jesus. So without the Holy and the Holy Spirit, he said that the Holy Spirit is coming to teach us about Him. The Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit is coming to, to come and introduce Jesus to you to help you understand what is in the mind of Jesus. So that means the Holy Spirit is actually there to want to elaborate the Word of God for you, so that you can want you can grow from it. So, if you are still wondering what is there for me when I give my life to Christ, you have it. It will help you to grow 
in the world. Then freedom from all calamities of the world. There are a lot of calamities in this world. We have spoken about Satan. Yes, Satan is an, an excellent the world too has its own. That is secularity. We live in a time where people are now becoming so conscious in the church. We talk about religion, religion. Christianity is not a religion, Christianity is a way of life, religion. But we see that actually we are pushing people away from religion, not to righteousness. You see, there is a difference between religiosity and righteousness. We explain that when we are talking about redemption. Sometimes we see in the church, ministers of the gospel, they don't know that they are pushing people from religiosity to secularity, not spirituality. So you see people that they don't they don't want to appear and sanguine and them too overzealous. Do you understand? They now end up becoming secular. Their attention now become money, looks. Do you understand? You see people that is what is happening today. So for instance, now you see some of the Orthodox churches like Catholics and um, Anglican. When you go there, you see people they are they are they are conformed as a way they carry themselves. We say these ones are religious. Then when you come to the Pentecostal, that are supposed to be an upgrade. You see secularity. People come to church, their hair, they, they front it, they come to church with trousers, they behave anyhow they like. Because of what? Secularity. And some used to be deceived, thinking that they, they are, that is where the Spirit of God is. It's a lie. It is that same Spirit that is pushing you out of Anglican and Catholic to redeem and win us. It is that same, those same things that those things that went away, you same thing that went to other place and they switched up. So, People are running away from 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 um, region into secularity. Instead of what move, but God is what expects us to move from both religiosity and secularity to spirituality. So when you are now spiritual, that is when you can over able to overcome, able to overcome the world, the world, because it is what the world, in the world, the, the rulers of the world are what the spirit of boredom, the spirit of um, you, you know. The loss from one is mammon and all those thirties. Well, that's where secularity what reigns. And for you that wants to focus on God, the devil will give you a religious spirit that will make you think you are serving God when you are actually serving yourself. So, but to overcome these things and walk out to a place of balance, you need to be spiritual, to be what focused on Christ and Christ alone. So, a man that is genuinely regenerated, do you understand, is a man that can overcome these things. And when you overcome them, the world and Satan, and of course the flesh, will be where? Under your feet. Do you understand? Do you understand? So your only bet to overcome this thing that I'm all this spirit I'm calling, and I'm addressing this morning, is Jesus. Is what's Jesus. And sometimes you don't know that they are under their influences. You don't know. Many people are under the influence of secularity, secularism rather, they don't know. They are under the influence of religiosity. They don't know. They are under the, the, the influence of wisdom. They don't know. Do you understand? Because of what they lack deep understanding of the word of God. The next one is that new birth gives us victory in all our ways. It gives us victory. There is no way you can conquer all these things without being born again. It is what it is Jesus that helps you to overcome. So your triumph in the world is what consistent with your being born again. If there's any battle, any challenge that is going on in your life, your best bet is not to think and kill yourself when you're thinking. It's to what move closer to God and what have you take control. Then, it gives us peace with God, peace in our hearts. You will be at peace with God and you will be at peace in your heart. 
you are not living in your life, your life in fear. You are not living your life in rejection. You are not hey, at any point worried. Like, am I at peace with God? Is God happy with me? Your conscience is at rest because of what you have surrendered yourself completely to God. So, Bible says that my peace I leave you. The peace that exceeds human understanding. So peace is a, is, is a character, it's something that is concealed with children of God. See, in the world there is no peace. Look at Nigeria, look at the problem happening. And in fact, for many sources now, we are hearing that there is an Islamization agenda. There is an Islamization agenda. There are so many dark agenda in the city, but it's only God that we expose and destroy them. So many people are already building and planning towards wars and many things. You know, so in the world there is no peace. And if you think it's only about Nigeria, there is a lie. Go out, look around many countries in the world. That is that is how it is there too. So many people are struggling to for power, for to control land and so many things. So in the world, there is actually no peace. But for you, that is of God. See, Jesus Christ in the Bible, he was in a boat and there was storm and tempest. In the midst of that storm, what was happening? He was sleeping. He was not even concerned. Because in the house, there was peace. So it was his disciples that were like master. That was not his business. He was enjoying his sleep. So when you are in Christ, your environment will not determine what happens inside of you. Being in Christ is like this. There is hot sun. You know, very hot sun is out there. But in your office, there's AC. Now you that is in that air conditioner, do you understand? Your your the room temperature is. As good as someone that is maybe in America, is it not true? As at that time, let's assume that America, that is, the temperature is quite okay. That place is the heaven. Then, here in Lagos, hot sun is hammering people's heads. Do you understand? That is hellfire. But in the midst of that hellfire, there are some people that are inside air condition. Do you understand? They are, they are not feeling that heat. That is how it is when you are a child of God, when you are, when you are born again, and you are in the midst of the world. You are in the world. The Bible says you are in the world, but you are not of the world. So you will be in the midst of all that problem, but they will not be near you. He said that the thousand on your right, ten thousand on your other side, but none shall come near you. So that is the assurance. So once you are in Christ, there is that potential, there is that safety, and there is that peace and rest of mind. So I want to ask your neighbor, are you going to give your life to Christ? Or if they have given their life to Christ, can you ask them this question? Are you ready to continue working with Christ? What was their response? I did not hear some people. So you, you have not given your life to Christ. Or you have given your life to Christ, but you are still looking at things like, ah, what is in this thing for me? Well, this class, I believe, has helped you. No matter your position, whether you have not given your life yet or you are giving and you are at a crossroads of should I continue or not, I believe this class has really helped you to know the right thing to do. Then finally, this we I will talk on it, then later I will elaborate it more. Satisfaction and baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is where we will now begin to talk of power, dominion, and many other things. When you give your life to Christ, satisfaction. Now, mind you, I said something because I think in, in the book, in First Corinthians, I think chapter four, there was a place the Bible was saying satisfaction and um, baptism of the Holy Spirit. That the place the Bible is talking, I really can't get the exact verse 
was there is a part of the Bible when I get out when I get that verse, I'll come to this. Where the Bible was said that that as we keep beholding him, we behold, we, 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 we keep changing from glory to glory. So when 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 you keep looking at Jesus, you gradually keep transforming, transforming until you become like him. Why am I saying this? All these things I have mentioned to you, they don't just come overnight. You don't give a life for Christ today, and all this thing comes boom. It is little by little. There will be challenges, there will be trial, there will be temptation. As you are overcoming each one, a crown is coming upon you. Rewards are coming. Do you understand? As you continue to grow, as you continue to obey Him, He is giving you divine health, giving you satisfaction, giving you provision. He's giving you everything. And then you come to a place where you baptize with what? With fire and with power. So, in the future days, I'm going to discuss with us baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, which has to do with us joining the body of Christ and actualizing our co crucifixion with Him on the cross. Do you have any question on this before I go to the dragon we do every week? Do you have any question? So please, when you get home, take your time to study your notes and pray about some of these things. I do wish I do have more time. Some of these things we need to pray about. It's not just about teaching, teaching, teaching. Teaching is good, but we need to pray some prayers and address some of these spirits. You know, sometimes people will not even be serious with God because there is a space or an assignment to distract them and confuse them from living the life worthy of emulation. Hallelujah.